brought to you by Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Visit windownation.com. I always get tickets. I always ask Squid, so would you like to go like we used to in the old days <laughs> to the race together? <laughs> like we used to. This is like a bad marriage. Yeah. And my mom's I like, want visitation rights on Squidbilly. Carl is literally like, you know, like you're I, stealing. I don't I'm get any not, Squidbilly. I'm not I, stealing Now, him. the last two years, you blamed your wife that you, you couldn't go. So, yes. why, so what's the excuse this yes. year? It's Radio 92.9 The Game. What's the excuse this year? Mm. It's Dukes and Bell. Mm. That mm. was mm. earlier today in Guy Talk when Mike asked Squid to go to the uh, track with him. Yeah, I mean, just the race is coming up. Before you know it, St. Patrick's Day weekend will be here. And it's 400 uh, miles, by the way, which will make the race even more exciting. It will. And, uh, you know, just for those who don't follow the show, uh, Squid lives uh, cl- closer to Carl. And they're always in cahoots on the weekend. And I'm never invited. And, uh, you know, what? I'm going to be honest. You know, I'm left out a little bit. So cahoots. I figured, you know, no, no, no. It's all right. No, it's good. I mean, look, I, I made a, it was a choice. I could have moved up in your neighborhood. I just want to deal with the traffic. I'm halfway to Auburn. So, what do you mean, you know, what traffic? I don't have any traffic. No, but the wife, she had to get to the airport, you know, for work. That was, you know, me. I lived up there. I looked at the house in Roswell and East Cobb. You know, I actually looked at a house like two miles from yours. That would have freaked you out if I was that close to you. Well, no, I actually, I think I saw your car on my cameras one day. So, <laughs> it should be quite honest. It's all me showing up at your door for a cup of sugar. But with that said, there's nobody in cahoots. Bo, will you answer this, please, so we can at least get some resolution? Uh, or you got to ask Amy. I'm going to, I'm going to try to go. I'm going to ask Amy, see what she wants to do for her birthday weekend. But look, that comes first because, quite mm. honestly, that's who I share a bed with. But for the record, <laughs> for the record, for the record, Carl. Yes. When was the last time we hung out outside? Oh, it's of been a minute. Show? It's mm. been a minute. Probably before football season. No, I agree. Yeah, it's been a minute. Now, now we have planned some stuff, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Right. It hasn't hasn't and happened. Carl Mike. stood me up the other weekend, Mike. He he literally ghosted me. Thank you. Ghosted me. We we're supposed to play golf. On Monday of the holiday, he That's right. Me. Yeah, to yeah. see, I forgot all I about that. Play off of my so, Mike, it's not <laughs> that we're in cahoots. <laughs> all right, all right we got to get resolution on this. Mm-hmm. This will be a tension on the show until we get an answer from Bo. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Hawks tonight against the Wizards. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock, guys. Uh, tips at 7.30. And we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to talk to uh, one of our combine guys coming up here in about 15 minutes. From the Believe Network, mm-hmm. Joe uh, De-, De Leon, and he is yep. a guy that is all over the combine as far as players, what what guys look like and what they're going to look like. Mm. All of this stuff matters because as we start to look at who we may draft, some of these guys may kill the combine, meaning they're combine right. darlings. Mike, I just want to get the best players. Just because you crush the combine and you put 225 up, we mm. had Chuck Smith on earlier today, and he was talking about some of these guys. Just because you crush it at the combine doesn't mean you're going to have a 15-year NFL career and be an all-pro. No. You know? No, I mean, we've talked so much about you know, the difference between the college and the pro game. I mean, just you've got – first off, you've got to have the right fit. And then, you know, you look at – go back. You and I mentioned yesterday for guys who missed the show. 2015, we're, uh, you know, we're excited about Vic Beasley. He had all the numbers. He had, like, some odd 40 career sacks at Clemson. He looked the part, and it was a definite need. And what did we pick that year, Bo? We picked him, like, seventh, I think, because it was right. It was the same draft that uh, Todd Gurley went. And obviously a lot of fans were – of course, the fans always want the offense. They were interested in Todd Gurley, yep. which really wasn't a need back then because we had Devontae Freeman later on, Tevin Coleman. Can we talk? <laughs> but anyway, in this case – it didn't pan out. Now, you could argue Beasley did get you to a Super Bowl, but, yeah, it was eight. We selected eight. Gurley was there in that draft. Oh, that's right. But it's just sometimes you, when you, even when you get it right and you draft for need and the need, it wasn't like it was a reach or a stretch. Sometimes guys draft for need and it's a stretch. That wasn't the case with Beasley. Yeah, there are. I mean, know. it was a case with Jamal Anderson 
the other Jamal Anderson. That was, I think, uh, Rick, Rich Defense. McKay's like last draft. And he was a guy that was like a late bloomer and it just got into football. And you're like, oh, boy, from Arkansas. And it was a disaster. Top three defensive ends, Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, uh, Van Ness, the kid out of Iowa. Yeah. The, the, these are guys that you're going to hear. That's the guy Jeremiah likes, by I the know, way. he does. But here's the deal. All these guys, I hate to say it, are going to be there at eight. Who's the best guy? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think, again, there's a run on defensive ends right. in this draft. I, I think we're going to see four, four quarterbacks in the top 20. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. And maybe more. If that happens, okay, if that happens, um, you're going to see all of these guys that we're talking about potentially available. I do not think Will Anderson will be there, but I do think guys like Will McDonald from Iowa State and Andre Carter from Army, he can play, are going to be there. You know, and so, I mean, when you say that, Mike, oh, Army, it's like we're talking about the kid from Georgia Tech. (laughs) Give him the benefit of the doubt, guys. Just because you didn't watch the games doesn't mean that the kid can't play or he doesn't have a pro skill set that's going to translate to the NFL. We're going to talk more about the combine. Mike, let's talk about the Hawks here real quick. Expectations for tonight. Um, I don't think they'll be doing a, a lot of things differently. When you say, all right, I'm going to watch tonight and I want to see what sets they run or, you know, what, what they're doing differently under Quinn Snyder. Mike, I don't think they've had that kind of time. Let's just tighten up maybe what we're doing right now. I mean, you saw that Carl says new NRE, new relationship energy. I love that acronym. But uh, that was something we saw just in the first two games with uh, Prunty as the assistant, I mean, the interim head coach, I should say, where it just seemed like things were fresh. And I think, you know, the Nate thing, it just it had it had its own energy drag, if you will, right? Yeah. It was like a succubus. Yeah. <laughs> sucking all the joy out of everything. And it looks like Trey and these guys are playing with some joy. Now, granted, typical Hawks nearly blew a 20-point lead the other night before Trey hit that amazing shot. But I would think in front of a new coach and everything else we just talked about, this this should be something special. It would be nice if Trey had been there for the introductory press conference, but I'm not going down that road. Mm. But uh, it will certainly be interesting to see how just excited the players are and if they do get the springboard you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I hope we give, you know, Quinn some love tonight. Um, I'm talking about the folks that are going to the game. You know, um, he's excited to be here. And and I think, you know, here's the th- here's the deal. Mike, when you've made a lot of money and you don't have to work, which is where Quinn was, and you're on the sidelines and you're like, I can pick my job, he could have waited. He said, thanks for the you know, thanks for the offer. I'm just going to wait and see what else is out there at the end of the season. He felt like this is the right place. So he, he wants to be here. When you take a job under these circumstances, and, and I hope we give him some love tonight um, and as we continue to build this thing. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, find us on social media. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I mean, put him up. See Dukes, the radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on, guys. Um, while we're talking about the Hawks, can we hear Charles Barkley talk about load management? It's a discussion we've talked about. Now, this is not specifically about the Hawks, but we didn't play this earlier. We wanted to play it for you. Um, I think this was on with Stephen A. Is that correct? He was on, I think, first take. But he was asked about load management. His opinion, by the way, has not changed. The only reason we're talking about this or bringing it up is because, you know, before the All-Star break, it was a conversation. Then at the All-Star break, the commissioner, Adam Silver, came out and said, it's not a problem. And I don't understand how he can say that when you've got stars sitting out, especially on the road when people play their hard-earned money to go see these guys. This is Charles Barkley talking about it. But you can't make $30, 40 $50 million dollars and then sit out games. I think it's disrespectful to the game. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. Because like I say, these fans are paying their hard-earned money. And like I say, especially, you know what's going to be crazy? In this next TV negotiating deal, we're going to have guys making $70, $80 million a year. That's right, yeah. 
And they're going to be saying, wait a minute, you're going to make $70 million and you can't play basketball three or four days a week with all the stuff. I mean, they fly private. They got the best medical stuff ever created. <laughs> and I says, you can't disrespect the fans making $70, 80000000 million and say, you know what, I can't play basketball four days a week. I mean, listen, it ain't like we should work it in a steel mill, brother. That's <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barkley. I watched that the other day. I mean, it's just, he's right. And I do think there will be some pushback. You and I have talked about this at length this year, whether it's Popovich, whoever you want to blame, it happens. Now, the problem, Carl, is since we've gone so far down this road, how do you prove a guy isn't really hurt? And your, your trainer goes, I mean, your guy says, my knee's tight. Okay, there's tightness and there's, you know, there's, my knee just feels a little tight. You know, I, I pulled my hammy a little bit. A muscle, especially soft tissue. You can't yeah. x-ray for soft tissue. I mean, no. you're going to find – you're going to show, oh, no, 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 you're playing. Let's go jam you inside the MRI. You're not playing. I just don't know how you go and get it to get this back. I mean, you're telling me the CBA, the new one, will have players – you have to play X amount of games, and that will be in black and white. I just can't see the union, the strongest union of all pro sports, giving that up. No. Um, I mean, I, I agree with Charles, but you know what I'm saying? How do you, how do you get the back if you're the owner? Well – I think, again, it has to be tied to things that players care about, whether it is, you know, postseason awards that matter to players. If you are an elite player in this league, you want to be an MVP, you got to play a certain amount of games. It shouldn't have to come to that, but I think you've got to tie it into all-star appearances, Mike, and things that help your brand, right, grow. If you are not a part of some of these things, you're not going to be as big of an impact in the NBA. But I'll say this, and, and Charles is right, and that's something that we haven't really talked about. These numbers have progressively gone up, and rightfully so. The TV money's gotten bigger. All the things have happened bitter, bigger. But as we talk about the Hawks getting ready for the Wizards tonight, and I just wanted to play that soundbite, when guys start making 50, 60, 70 on an average, okay, I mean, we, we talk about these NFL quarterbacks and people losing their mind about a guy like Lamar Jackson making $40 million when it's the going rate for starting elite quarterbacks in this league. NBA guys – it's going to be off the charts, Mike. You think this, this Major League Baseball money is sick? And again, 50% of the NBA revenue is split between the league and players. So that revenue split is part of this, and that is why the money continues to grow. I'm not begrudging anybody. If you can get that, get it. But Charles is right. At some point, you go, wait a minute. You, you missed, you know, 25 games because you had load management. One guy suggested the only way players should rest is at home yeah because especially when you have west coast coming east coast or vice versa but that's generally when you see load management because guys it's a long road trip i need the night off and then the guys who drop the house payment to see you play don't get to see an all-star it's just a point i'm getting to guys it's a slippery slope and that's why some not everybody but some people have written some stuff and i've seen it in si and others that say this could be a work stoppage and it's because it's going to be you have two completely fundamentally different angles coming at this one problem and the players have already given up so much, they're yeah. not going to give it back. And yeah. the owners, as you said, they're in a really untenable position. And because guys opt out so much now and you're getting shorter, more big, you mentioned it, just going up through the roof. Now baseball players are doing the same thing with their contracts. Oh, of course. We just saw. Machado. Yeah, I'm, I'm opting out. You opt out of $150 million? Yeah, because he yeah. got 350 <laughs> That's unreal. Hey, Marcus Mariota released today. If you're just joining us, the Falcons signed him as an unrestricted free agent last season, started 13 games. We saved $12 million. Mariota will not be back. So either we're drafting another quarterback or we're going to bring in a free agent veteran to be in that quarterback room with Desmond Ritter. But right now, no more Mariota. All right, when we come back, we're talking combine. Who's the best player there? And who should we be watching? 
Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The most important story of the day. Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000. Oh, we're watching the combine this week. We're seeing what's going on. A guy that's covering it, Joe DeLeon. He is with Believe Network. Joe, um, first things first, Mike and I are convinced, and we saw enough of him here with the Georgia Bulldogs, that Jalen Carter is the best player in the draft, okay? Non-quarterback. But with that said, you know, he's probably going to go to the Combine, show out. He's one of 12 dogs that have been invited. And and I want to start there because we are in need, the Atlanta Falcons, of a defensive lineman. Certainly it would be nice to enhance our D-line. But talk to me about what you think about the defensive lineman we're going to see at the Combine and what are we going to see? Yeah, so Jalen Carter uh, actually said he's not going to be testing this week at the Combine, which for his case, he's the de facto top defensive player in the draft, as he said, and there's an argument between him and Will Anderson. And for me, it's a 1A, 1B between those two guys on who the best non-quarterback is and just best prospect overall in this class. So he doesn't really have much to prove. The other guys, though, there's a lot of really great defensive tackles and edge rushers that will be participating at the Combine that I think could really benefit from strong testing numbers that could boost their stocks. And some of those players to pay attention to, uh, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, who's a very tall, long, strong uh, defensive end. Miles Murphy from Clemson, I think is the name to pay attention to. And then Will McDonald from Iowa State is a potential uh, big riser this week who had a really good senior bowl. And then along the defensive line, a defensive tackle, uh, key guys that I think are going to be really good athletes. One, Brian Brzee was one of the top recruits in his class. He's a freakish athlete at six foot five, 300 and so pounds. Strong, strong, big kid with a lot of power. One who I think, though, a little bit of an underrated name that I think is not getting enough buzz right now is Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle from Pitt, who's very undersized. He's six foot two eighty. I'm curious to see how he measures in, but he is really strong. I want to see what he reps out at the bench. I want to see what forty time he runs, what his uh, short area quickness is, because he's very agile. He's very fast. He is such a menace along the defensive line because he's so low to the ground. So if he tests well, if he puts up some silly numbers uh, during the week, I think he could be a big, big riser. It's funny you mentioned Joe, uh, Joe because we had Chuck Smith on earlier, and that's one of the guys he really likes for all the things that you just talked about. And Chuck does a lot of work with uh, training guys getting ready for the combine as well. Joe DeLeon is with us, guys, talking about it. The corners. We need a lot of stuff here, and we don't know how we're going to address it through free agency. Who are the best corners, and who would be a top-ten corner? Yeah, right now, actually, in this class, I don't really see a top-ten corner, and I actually believe that there's more value in the back end of the first round amongst a, a group of guys that are all – very closely packed together. I think at the end of the first round, middle of the first round, we'll start seeing some come off the board around pick 15, possibly earlier, but realistically, I think around pick 15, some teams might think, let's wait, let's see how how, uh, late this run might start on corners. Um, And I have most of them graded as early second-round picks. Some of those guys to pay attention to this week that are athletic freaks are Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, taller, longer corners. Stevie Ringo might blow things up at the combine because of how fast and explosive he is. He's a pretty large corner just in terms of weight. I think he was like 215. Let's see how much he uh, weighs in at this week. But he's somebody who might run in the low four threes. He is a very rangy, fast athlete. Uh, And then another name that I'm also very intrigued by, Clark Phillips III from Utah, who on the smaller side, he's going to be closer to 5'10", 5'11". Not going to have the longest arms, but 
he still has the production. He still has the uh, the man coverage skills to be a really high quality player at the next level. It gives me some Tredavious White vibes. So I think that he's something to pay attention to as well. As well. In addition to that, uh, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois, who's another first-round corner that's been brought up in this discussion. All right, I want to talk quarterbacks for a second. I think the most interesting guy in this draft could be Anthony Richardson. From a size standpoint, 6'4", 232. He's got the build. He's got an unbelievable arm. He did not put up the the numbers that a lot of people would expect at Florida. That doesn't scare me, though. I want to know your evaluation on Anthony Richardson. And then let's talk quarterbacks. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Who goes first? Is it Stroud or Young? So Anthony Richardson has been the hot-button name so far over the past couple of weeks, and it's totally justified. Those who were on him early know how talented he is, and he's just got so many tools to work with. I believe with him testing this week and actually doing all of the testing drills, assuming he does all of them, it seems like there's an indication that he will. He might have one of the best combine performances ever for a quarterback. He is that good of an athlete. He might run uh, something crazy in the four fours or four fives for his, his 40 time, and then he might just kill every other uh, testing drill. But Anthony Richardson, while I'm a big fan of his, if we look past the fact that he – He's a raw athlete and acknowledge that he's just inexperienced and he needs a little time to get comfortable with the game. If we can get more of those flashes that he put on, a, on tape, he's got the potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, maybe even higher. But that's a big if right now. He needs to be in a situation where he can be nurtured, uh, where he can maybe spend a year sitting and learning. And I know that that is brought up as a cliche often, but I think that Anthony Richardson fits that fully where you give him a little time, let him figure it out. He's a, he's a gamer. He's a guy who can make big, splashy plays, got great pocket awareness, uh, just very easy arm to make some really difficult throws in tight windows. If you can tap into that, the ceiling is so high. But for the other two guys that you brought up with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I have Bryce Young slightly higher, and he's not going to be testing this week. Um, the deal with him is that because he's so short at like 5'10", it kind of gets hard to buy into a guy like that. But the reason why I like Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud is the decisiveness, is the decision-making, is the athleticism, the pocket uh, awareness and ability to just not allow that pressure to get to him. Very even-keel personality. I, I don't see a guy who gets too high or too low, but just makes so many big splash plays at the position when, when Alabama needed him the most. Stroud, on the other hand, has all the physical tools you're looking for in a quarterback, but the only problem is, he played in an offense that was one read, and we saw to the furthest extent that when that first read was not open, C.J. Stroud made either some mistakes or he held the ball too long. And he needs to show that he can improve off of that. It's not something that he's going to really be able to show outside of his tape. Uh, but I think there might be a bit of a concern that might push him back slightly behind Bryce Young because of that. I know that running backs, they're sort of been devalued over the years, but the kid out of Texas, I know Carl's talked about him a million times. Bijan Robinson. And where is he going to go? How high up is he going to be selected? Yeah, I think that all depends on how high, as you said, some of these teams value the running back position. And the way that I look at it now more than ever, it's not like even it was just as recently as when Leonard Fournette, I think about how when he was selected as high as he was or Saquon and Barkley selected how, how high as they were, where they thought that was the, a piece that was going to fix a offense that had so many holes but instead i think a lot of teams look at it where if their roster is more complete you throw in a guy like Bijan robinson into the mix and they go from being 
a great offense to an elite one. And I look at the first teams that, that have more well-rounded offenses, and the first one that comes to mind is the Philadelphia Eagles, which are picking in that 10 spot. I think that's the earliest realistic selection spot for him of where he can go. And there's a possibility that Miles Sanders might not be back this year, and he might end up hitting free agency. So imagine putting Bijan into that rushing attack, pairing him with Jalen Hurts. That could be very dangerous. Oof. But on the flip side of things, he could end up somewhere in the middle of the, uh, the middle of the first round or the end of the first round. I would be shocked if he fell out of the first round uh, because of what he brings to the table physically. Wide receivers. I don't want to draft one early, but we might need to draft one. We still, I think, need a burner here. We drafted Drake London last year. Obviously, Pitts is back. What does this wide receiver group look like? Yeah, good thing for the Falcons is that they're not going to get baited potentially by a a first-round high draftable receiver this year. There's no alpha in the group. There's a lot of really good players that I think are more suited to be secondary, third options on a lot of rosters and good thing for the Falcons even more as you just said they need speed they need someone a little more compact they've got all these these big hulking presences uh, across their uh, across their receiver room with with Drake London and Kyle Pitts they need someone who's a little smaller and there's a lot of those options I think at the back end of the first round if they wanted to trade back in or at the top of the second that I think some guys are going to slide into and some of those guys to pay attention to that fit that or Josh Downs from North Carolina Zay Flowers from Boston College, or Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. You could also even include in there Parker, Parker Washington from Penn State. Some really good, smaller, speedier, deep threats that can be very, very dangerous uh, at the next level. All right, we don't know what we're going to do in free agency, which will obviously dictate a lot as we're talking with uh, Joe DeLeon, breaking it down at the Combine. But if we did go tackle, because we may or may not stick with our right tackle, Caleb McGarry, I've read a lot about Northwesterns, uh, Peter Skoronsky. Some guys say the arms are like T-Rex arms, so he's got to sw- uh, slide to guard. Who is the, who's the highest, in your guesstimation, highest picked or is going to be the highest picked tackle? Yeah, I believe it is going to be Skoronsky because he's the more – well-rounded and ready to play offensive linemen right now. And I used to subscribe to that notion that you couldn't take a guy unless they fit the certain physical thresholds. But the way that I look at it, if Rashawn Slater can be as successful as he was, who was Skaronsky's teammate, I'm not that worried about Skaronsky. And look, at the very least, say he does have those issues with length, and sometimes it does show up on film where guys do beat him that are longer than him. Uh, if that does end up happening, at the very least, he's going to be an elite-level guard. He has that in him. He has the demeanor. He's got the mentality uh, and the leg drive to be a really good guard if things don't work out at tackle. But Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State is more of a true tackle physically in terms of his size profile. Very good athlete. Moves really well. But he's a little new to the position because he started out at the inside. He started at left guard, and then they bumped him out to – the left tackle and you can see that he's still getting used to having all that space around him and working with space i think if they're looking for a right tackle darnell Wright from tennessee uh is a really nice pick for them who if they wanted to trade back into the back end of the first round or top of the second if he's still on the board he played right tackle uh in his time at tennessee and he is just such a consistent player uh i love his mentality he is a mean mean dude he is always trying to kill guys He's got great, big, broad shoulders and just uh, brings a, just a very easy presence to the position where he's just so wide and he's so hard to get around, uh, which is what you're kind of looking for in your right tackle. So Darnell Washington from Tennessee is a name that I think is worth considering. 
Great stuff. We always look forward to our visits with you, Joe. Appreciate you. Where can people find your stuff at, man? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, and then uh, you can catch all my uh, other content on the Believe uh, Network YouTube channel, uh, which is just Believe Network or at Believe Network on Twitter. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thank cool. you, Joe. Appreciate it. We're coming back. Uh, lots of stuff there, okay? And we're going to be talking a lot about the combine and seeing, but he told you a couple of guys are not working out. Bryce Young is one of them. All right, again, some of these guys will project to their pro day. Mike, I'm taking Bryce Young. I just am. I think he's the most talented quarterback in this draft. Again, I don't care how tall he is and all that stuff. Right. But I, I, I'm still going. If I had to, had to get a quarterback, I'm going with him, number one. Yeah, I just think Bryce is shiny. He talked about it. It's not a knock on Stroud, but, you know, it's funny. We talked about it with Chuck earlier. Sometimes there's stigmas and sometimes they're justified or not. But Ohio State quarterbacks, Fields is still trying to find his way as a more accurate thrower. We know what the physical ability running the football is. Stroud showed you everything you needed to see in that Chick-fil-A peach ball. But how bad did he look against Michigan? Sure. You know, and everyone's got a bad day in the office, but still, it does make you think. All right, man, we got to get to a game winner. Hey, I got a simple one for you. What's that, baby? And we'll start with Chris and Squid. We'll go around the room. Uh, Give yourself an evaluation for the combine. What would the metrics be on you at the combine? Ooh, like it. I like it. I would be short, stocky. Uh, high motor, yeah, um, but uh, very questionable decision making. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good one. <laughs> so how about that, self scout, Mike. What a Mike Spitz. We're gonna self scout yourself. Yeah. My, mine would be hard worker, tireless worker, mm. great quickness, but not sure if he can play at the list this level. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to Squid and Chris. Do a self scout. For the combine for yourself next, 404-741-0929. It's funny if you read all these evaluations uh, for the draft, and it's I've been watching and reading some of these things already, where it's so funny, Carl, in one paragraph they give you all the positives, and then the next paragraph they tear you down, and it's like they totally negate all the things they just said about you. you oh, know? yeah, well, it's we're going to tell you how good this player is. And then it's, oh, by the way, but here's the things you need to be careful about. You know, rangy, tall athlete, great wingspan, uh, stiff hips. Right. <laughs> Chris, what would your profile look like? Guy with a lot of heart, but a little athleticism, needs to work on his conditioning, but if given a chance, can succeed in the right system. Oh, I like that. Nice. That's a good job. And Squid Bizzle, what do you got? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a hard-working, smart player who uh, – you know, the high motor guy, definitely there. <laughs> Films, film study is high. Uh, lacking size, speed, agility, uh, slow off the start, stiff hips. Needs a lot of work. Okay. Late round yeah. Project. development. Project. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's, That's a, what we're talking there about. There you go. If you missed mine earlier, uh, short, uh, fat, and stumpy. All right, what do we got here, Chris? Who's our first customer? Sweet. Let's uh, take a look at your scouting report, Sweet. What you got? Hey, man, I'll make it quick. Reliable. Versatile. Was quick. Now an amputee, no longer available. <laughs> Enjoy your show, guys. No, no longer. But you will save on uniforms. Yeah, that's true. Only one pant leg. Uh, I agree. That's good. Who's up next, Chris? <laughs> Chief. Hey, we got all the all-stars tonight. Chief, what's a Chief scouting report sound like? What's happening? Let me ask you guys something. Is it true? In the street over here, they're saying you guys are going to be on the south side this week. South side? That that's a big 10-4. Well, I'm going to be right there with you guys in this weekend. Yeah, well, I guess my scouting report would be more like um, about 6'2", 6'3", 240 pounds, good with a donut curl, can't be trusted around Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Cannot be trusted. Well, that would make two of us in that case. I like it. I do. Who's up next, Chris? 
Rodman. Hey, Rod, what you got, man? You're in the game. What you got? Hey, man. Hey, hey man. man. Driven. Great reflex. Durable. Questionable durability because I probably would need a nap and a snack at halftime. <laughs> Need a snack at halftime. I like it. All right, man. That's a good one. Who's up next, Chris? As we're self-scouting ourselves, Scotty. What's a Scott Scouting report sound like, man? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. So, I'd be hard to shove, but a lot to love. A great drinker, but a bad thinker. <laughs> wow. And it all came together right Outstanding, there. Outstanding, like a David Allen co-song, Squid Billy. Who's up next? Jake. Hey, man, what do you got, Jake? Jake, we would start with a very, uh, very poor response time. <laughs> I would say Jake is unreliable, a little questionable character. I don't think you want to take a high pick on him. Yeah, that sounds like a guy that just can't get off the starting block, Carl, and apparently can't follow uh, instructions, which but, would be, obviously it'd be difficult to coach him up. Well, I would have a lot of questions about his uh, character. There you have it. Uh, great job, guys. We're coming back. We're going to wrap things up, hand things over to Mike Conti with the pre-half and post. Hawks tonight and Wizards. Let's get Coach Quinn's, uh, Quinn Snyder's uh, start to his Hawks career here. Off to a good start. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. We'll tell you what's coming up tomorrow on the show and more about us going to the South Side. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.